Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah. Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare. All the naughty bits exposed. Our goal is to open your eyes to all the inside info that makes reading Shakespeare way more fun. Any episode might contain dick jokes or essay ideas or anything in between. So, So, listen listen up. up. Are you a turkey now? I am. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm Erin. I'm Diana. This is King Leah number five. Yes. And I have allergies, so I'm, you know, sniffling and sneezing are, are certainly, and there's a sneeze in my nose right now. Uh-oh. Ah. Chew. Okay. No, done. <laughs> grapefruit. Did you know if you say grapefruit, makes your sneeze stop? Grapefruit. Why? I don't know. The combination of, you know, the way that your mouth moves. You see, this Try is... It. <laughs> I was going to... You learn something new from this podcast every week. And it may not have to do with Shakespeare <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, meanwhile, we're going to have a scene with a couple of messengers here, and we're going to learn a little bit about how messengers were treated, which Shakespeare... Puts in these little bits about, hey, what it's like to be this terribly lower class servant. And we get one in Comedy of Errors that's really rough and talks about how he gets beaten for absolutely fucking everything. Yeah. And here we're going to have a juxtaposition of two different kinds of servants. And Kent, although he is in disguise, he forgets that. Yeah. Sometimes. And then he speaks truth to power as if he was the fool. And it's like, my guy. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but also it explains the saying, don't shoot the messenger, because it wasn't just that someone walked in with a note and handed it off to you. Yeah. Because servants didn't necessarily know how to read. Yeah. Number one. So and- they had to memorize. Yeah. The messages. Yeah, and they and their responsibility went even further than that. They had to memorize the messages, the messages. <laughs> they had to memorize the messages in the cadence of the person who was speaking it to them, so that they could deliver it so authentically, authentically to that person. So it was a huge responsibility to be the messenger from the king. Yeah, right. Because you could go from one, the king to somebody, and if they misunderstood, there's war. You know, like right. But whoa. also, if you're really delivering it authentically, you could inspire so much rage in someone. Yeah. That they take it out on you, which they would not technically be allowed to do, because the convention also was to treat the messenger as if they are the person. Oh, right. We hear that in Shakespeare and other places, too. Yeah. Yeah. So any messenger from the king should be received and honored as if they were the king. And that will come up in this scene. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have this other servant, Oswald, who we've talked to and and met in the scene with Goneril. And he's Goneril's right-hand man. Her her, her steward. Her steward. I was going to say her butler, but it's... Yeah. So he has a higher place than a usual servant. He runs her home, her, her house. And he's the only one trusted to go to Regan 
and find her and talk about the situation between Lear and Goneril. Mm -hmm. So we have Oswald, who's an elevated servant. Kent, who is an elevated servant, but in disguise as a nobody. <laughs> so we have these two people facing off, you know? And we're going to see how the new regime, the Cornwall, Regan, Albany, Goneril regime, is starting to reshape the narrative. Sound familiar? Yes. 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 And what is of value now? Is plain speaking and truth of value? Or is flattering and flowery speech more of value? Well, you know, I'm going to... This is a mini soapbox. Do it. Um, <laughs> my experience at 59 years old has been that for the most part, people in power want to hear you praise them. I mean, everybody likes to hear nice things about yeah. themselves. And... One of the ways to ally yourself with someone is to mirror their body language, mirror their use of verbal language. But also, you know, when you find something to compliment about someone, even if you're going to deliver bad news, that usually works. However, people who have gotten to a place of some power, maybe not ultimate power, but some power, they want to believe that they've gotten there through their own high qualities high qualities so when you praise their high qualities you're reinforcing that about them yeah, and I'm, that, I'm here because i deserve to be exactly here. so you know i'm not sure that there's ever i, I mean i'm not sure there's ever been a real powerful leader who's been like, no, I want you to tell me the truth. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the place that I was trying to get at when I said we don't uh, slander celebrities to their face. But we were talking about, well, we do in the media, but to their face, you know, if you walked right up to Beyonce, you wouldn't say, yo, bitch, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Something awful about her. Of course you would say the best things about her. Right. But she's even like a pinnacle example. So, but your boss, you don't say... That really suit looks really things. shitty on you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say, wow, my dude, you put on 10 pounds in the last week. Jesus. You know, you don't say that stuff. You might think it, but, you know, you keep know, it to yourself. It's really interesting because as an audiobook narrator, uh, we we get reviewed in, in trade publications, but we also get reviewed, you know, on Audible. Yeah. And the things that people feel okay... God damn it. It's true. Feel okay to say yes. in print. Is oh my so god, terrible. because it's an it's sort of anonymous, right? Yeah. You can say what people say you will I can't believe like if you want to criticize a performance, that's great if you can say why you didn't like it. Yeah, constructive. Yeah. Yeah. But just to say this is the worst narrator ever, somebody should just, you know cut her lips off and take her microphone away. Boy. Like, those are mean, mean, uh, not useful things. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. But, but how could I improve? <laughs> cut <Right>. off my <laughs> lips. <laughs> right. Cutting off my lips is gonna, it's not going to improve Seriously, this, more really. impair my delivery. Yeah. Just saying. But yeah. anyway, yeah. We're, 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 we
for the most part, have honest people around them who, yeah. who I mean, maybe, maybe they do in their inner circle, but there's a lot of yesing. But I think even in their inner circle, those people are just so damn jazzed to be there. They're not reliable witnesses. Mm-mm. Not at all. And, um... We're going to get some of the best fucking insults in this scene. My personal favorite insult speech in the entire canon is so great here. So take a listen and, you know. Save some up. Yeah. My personal advice is memorize that shit and just sling it at somebody someday because it's going to feel fun. Oh, we should do a TikTok. (laughs) Of that speech? Yes. (laughs) With the wigs and everything. It would be so fun. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. And then Kent gets punished for his plain speech. And when they leave him all alone, we find out that he has just gotten a letter from Cordelia. So somehow he and Cordelia are in touch. And there's a bit of a hint that she's a coming. (laughs) She's on her way. The cavalry is arriving. Yes. Ha! Yeah. So that's exciting but also that's going to cause unrest too you know like how do we rescue this situation spoiler alert yeah yeah well not yet lear has lessons to learn before then yeah but even right yeah yeah if if you rescued the situation right now lear has learned shit all yeah so yeah and then we're gonna see our poor friend edgar Oh my. Oh my. The Edgar the unplayable. Yes. <laughs> Edgar the ostracized. Mm. So he comes in, he has a giant speech, he's all by himself, and we're going to get a hint of what he's going to become. And it's one of those wonderful cases of being able to hide in plain sight. Yeah. Because the disguise that he chooses is to be a madman, and like servants, like slaves, nobody looks at those people. Well, Think like about the homeless on yes, the street now. Exactly. Nobody looks at those people. Yeah, until they they're, until they're murdering the them on the subway. But that's yeah. a whole nother. But they don't look them in the face and try to figure out who is this person nope. and, and actually have conversations with nope. them. They don't. Nope. So he's very astutely says, I could be right here. Mm-hmm. And nobody will notice. And that way he can be close to his father because he suspects something has gone wrong there. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be there for one thing strange. All righty. Yee. Oh, and Bedlam. We were going to talk about Bedlam. Oh, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not good. Not good. So it, it was a hospital for the insane. Bedlam it was shortened from Bethlehem. Mm. <laughs> well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that I interesting? didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Bedlam. And it, it was so overcrowded because everybody was sending their mom and their, you know, stepmother into including Henry V, thank you very much, um, <laughs> sent his mother-in-law to, to Bedlam for a little while so that he could have her money. <laughs> um, so people oh, humans, were, humans, uh, humans. Yeah. People were committing their kith and kin right and left for, you know, having too much salt on their pancakes. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like you could have any reason at all for, wow, this person's crazy. They should go. (laughs) After treating them for a while, so-called, they would release the ones that they thought were, well, you're cured enough. (laughs) It's getting really, really, really overcrowded in here. Yeah, so who can we let go? go? 
Let's let this one go. <laughs> here's a little here's a little badge that says that you can uh, beg on this beg corner. on this corner. Yeah, yeah. Or in this province over here, and yeah, and off you go. Go <laughs> your own way. <laughs> clothes? No, you don't need clothes. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. So they Jesus. Were naked I mean, <laughs> and scarred and screaming and yikes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they called them poor toms. Right, and we met, we didn't, we're going to meet the poor Tom, Edgar's going to talk Yeah, but didn't we talk Tom. about poor Tom mm, earlier? Tom of Bedlam. Tom yeah. of Bedlam. Tom yeah. of Bedlam, yep. So that was a generic term for, oh, here comes a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so some interesting stuff in these two short scenes. Also, just to say, we understand that Crazy is not yes. a good term. No. But we 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 are of a certain generation where we said things differently and we're trying to learn how to say things correctly. And we understand that mental illness is not funny. Uh we we understand that it is part of the human condition. I myself take medication. <laughs> Most of the people that I know take medication. It's not, but I don't know why I'm saying this, but I I feel like, you know, when Diana and I were kids, it was shorthand for funny in some ways. And maybe it's not yeah, that anymore. Yeah, we the word crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, whoa, dude, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Still kind of use that word in that way. Yeah. It's or just... that guy's really crazy. Whoa. Yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there because we do recognize, we do recognize that, that mental illness is not funny. And we also recognize that the othering of people who have mental illness is, uh, is detrimental to our society as a whole because it's just part of the human condition. Yeah. It's not something other than. And to give a heads up, I mean, I do think that that Shakespeare gives you a lot of insight into who those people may have been mm. in in this conversation, you know, in Edgar's imagining of himself becoming one of those people as a disguise, and then his exploration of what, you know, how he could convincingly portray that, he gets into some really crazy backstory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, as we said, he sort of dips in to a character and then dips back out to comment on it. So it's a fascinating portrayal. Unplayable, maybe, but... Maybe. Challenging and wonderful. Yeah, and 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 maybe in in Shakespeare's time, because remember we've talked about how people went to hear plays to to uh, learn new words and to be seen and to 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 get the update on. It was like the social media of the time, yeah, right? Like sure. to get an update on you know what was hip and cool and and happening. <laughs> yeah, in 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 England at this time. So if that's the case, maybe. We could look at Shakespeare's exploration of mental illness in this play because there's multiple pieces that moving pieces about mental illness yeah. uh, in this play. Maybe we could look at that as his attempt to change the discussion in his own time and to uh, humanize people who were othered 
in his own time. Because here in this play, here's a poor Tom that you can't ignore because he's part of the story. Mm -hmm. So you might walk by them on the street all the time, but here's one right in your face and let's see what you make of him. And hear him talk. You have to hear him talk. You have to hear him talk. Yeah. Okay. I like you, William Shakespeare. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right. Here we go. Kenton Oswald. All right. Oswald. Good dawning to thee, friend. Art of this house. Aye. Where may we set our horses? In the mire. Uh, prithee, if thou lovest me, tell me. I love thee not. Why, then, I care not for thee. Great, so in the mire. Go set your horses in the mud. <laughs> I can give a fuck. I'm not talking to you. I, I can give a fuck. Get the and fuck out of my remember face. Remember, from Oswald's point of view, this is just some guy. Some servant. He has no idea why Kent is being so nasty to him. Yeah. He has no clue. But it's also a huge assumption, if thou lovest me. What? I don't even know you. Get the fuck away from Well, but, but I think <laughs> Oswald sees himself as socially superior yeah. to Kent in this. Uh, of course. So if thou lovest me, that, that would make if sense. You honor me if yeah, you think exactly. I'm important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love thee not. Why, Why then I care not for thee. If I had thee in Lipsbury pinfold, I would make thee care for me. <laughs> That's so Lipsbury pinfold. So a pinfold was a place for stray animals, like a pound. Okay. And so it's like, pin. it's also like, your lips and your pins would be your teeth if I had you between my teeth. Right? <laughs> if I was shaking you like a pound dog. Then I then you'd care. And Oswald, why dost thou use me thus? I know thee not. Fellow, I know thee. What dost thou know me for? Okay, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> because Oswald's like, you asked for it, I buddy. I don't even live here. What the fuck are what you talking fuck? about? I, how do you know? And what do you know about me? How could you possibly know me? I don't live here. Well, it's almost also like he's inviting him to say, oh, yeah? You know about me? Like, I'm important. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And Ken's like, yeah, you're important as a fuckwad. <laughs> right? As a fuckwad. <laughs> <laughs> and, All right, <laughs> and I want you to really notice the punctuation here too. There is, there are two periods. <laughs> that means two, two thoughts. thoughts, two mm-hmm. sentences. Okay, so a knave, a rascal, an eater of broken meats, a base, proud, shallow, beggarly, three-suited, hundred-pound, filthy, worsted-stocking knave. I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> yeah, and that's a semicolon. That's but a semicolon. I mean, we don't know in Shakespeare's original what was there. And it's, well, actually, I have the folio version here, which is great. Okay. Um, but semicolons were uh, wit over whim, period over a, over a comma. And so it's like Shakespeare going, oh, yeah? And I'm going to further distill that for you here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Afterwards. Right, right, right. Right? Right. Yeah. So, a knave. <laughs> A rascal, an eater of broken meats. Broken meats are kitchen scraps. Okay. <laughs> so, like, you stand outside the kitchen door and you get whatever they throw out. Okay. Base. We talked about yeah, base. Yeah, we know right? low. Proud, proud. Shallow. So, it's interesting. Base and proud at the same time. Yeah. So, we've got these great antitheses. antitheses. Shallow, beggarly. Three-suited. Three suits were the allotment for a servant. Oh! That's all you're allowed. Three suits of clothes. Hundred pound is interesting because it could be either light and like nothing. skinny, yeah. But a hundred pounds was also the amount you could pay for an illegal night shift. 
knight, you know, to be a knight, to be knighted illegally. <laughs> so it's like you suck up you you're you're just trying to be more than you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and three suited. We I see you as a servant, but I see you as a servant who's who's uh standing like you're more than that. Yeah. yeah. Taking on airs, right? Yeah. Filthy worsted stocking. Worsted is wool. Wool. Yeah. So it's wool stocking as opposed to silk. silk. Mm-hmm. So and they're dirty. Your stockings suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, nave again. Nave. nave. And bo- on both ends before the um semicolon. Yeah. All right. Next piece. A lily-livered, action-taking horse on glass-gazing, super serviceable, finical rogue, one trunk inheriting slave, one that wouldst be a bod in way of good service, and art nothing but the composition of a knave, beggared, coward, pander, and the sudden heir of a mongrel bitch. <laughs> and that doesn't it's not a period still. Yeah. That's just a comma. <laughs> yeah. Actually that this is the folio version, and it's so there aren't any periods until the end. Wow. I realized, and I was looking at the other version that I was looking at for for some commentary. So there is a period after the word slave in some versions. versions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that that's two. But in the folio version, there's one. Oh one God. end stop. This is one, one thought. Okay. So <laughs> let's takes go back. off, man. A little, la la, a lily livered. Yeah. Lily. Yeah, what's he doing there, Aaron? <laughs> Sticking out his tongue. <laughs> lily livered. Lily livered. Action taking. When the well, the liver was where the was thought to be the seat of courage mm. because it's full of blood. <laughs> <laughs> and blood was the humor that was like act, you know, courage and mm-hmm. and anger. boldness and anger. So because it's lily colored, it's empty of blood. So mm-hmm. he's a coward. Yeah. Okay. Action taking. That's uh, litigious. So he would rather sue in the court than have a duel like a real man. <laughs> yeah. Poor son. Poor son is self explanatory. <laughs> glass gazing. A glass is a mirror. Yeah. So, so, um, God, my brain is not working today. <laughs> but, um, you know, like vain. narcissistic, vain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always look in the mirror. Super serviceable. Someone who can get fucked? Yes, mm-hmm. that means you're willing to do anything for the people who employ you, including blowjobs, getting fucked, whatever it is. Okay. So raise yourself in their estimation. Finical, I didn't even highlight. Finical is fussy. So, like, <laughs> wow. You're a narcissistic... Uh, 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 what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. No, 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 no. Uh, ah. You are a narcissistic, sycophantic, fussy little fuckwad. Little fuckwad. <laughs> yeah. One trunk inheriting is like you will make it to the end of your life only with enough possessions to pass on to your children that'll fit in one fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> one that wouldst be a bod in way of good service. So like you will prostitute yourself. Yeah, and or bring your master, mistress, other people to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so being a bod, and then he uses the word pander, mm. which is also, also the same. Being right. a pimp. Pimp. So the composition of, so he's like, let's see, how far did we get? We got knave, beggar, coward, pander. <laughs> right? <laughs> he, he rattles these off, and in the folio version, these are all capitalized words. So here's a thought point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Knave, beggar, coward, pander. 
<laughs> and this is also capitalized, son and heir of a mongrel bitch. Mongrel being a mutt. <laughs> mutt, yeah. So you are nothing but a like a dog that is meant to have been drowned, but you somehow made it. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, he says, yeah, and if you say no to any of this shit, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. So he's like, one whom I will beat into glamorous whining if thou deniest the least syllable of thy addition. Thy addition being what I just called you. So if you deny any of this, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> I'm going to beat the crap. Your clamorous whining, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oswald. And Oswald's like, what the fuck? Uh, why? What a monstrous fellow art thou, thus to rail on one that is neither known of thee nor knows thee. Right. And who the fuck are you talking to me like that? You don't even know who the fuck I am, motherfucker! Yeah, but I love how all he could come back with after all of that is monstrous fellow. <laughs> really? You lack imagination, my friend. <laughs> It's like, oh, you think I'm done? Oh, I'm not done. What a brazen-faced varlet art thou to deny thou knowest me. Is it two days since I tripped up thy heels and beat thee before the king? Draw, you rogue, for though it be night, yet the moon shines. I'll make a sop of the moonshine of you, you horse uncullionly barber monger. Draw! <laughs> yes! Love it. Love it. This is so satisfying. Say it out loud when you're doing it in class. Do it. Do it. Or when you're reading it, say it out loud. It's so satisfying. So he's like, yeah, pull out your fucking knife, you fucking wimp. Mm. A sop was a piece of bread with lots of holes in it that you used to sop up your soup. So Mm. I will sop up the moonshine with you, you. And Colleen is a testicle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Colleen Lee. Barber monger. <laughs> why barber monger? A barber is like one who keeps going to the barber because they've got this hair is out of place. Oh! <laughs> I ain't afraid dandy. of you, you dandy. You I'm going to cut you, your balls off. You one ball dandy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. I love it. And Oswald. Away! I have nothing to do with thee. Draw, you rascal. So he's like, you're not leaving until we have a fight. (laughs) You action-taking jerk. (laughs) You'll come with letters against the king and take Vanity the Puppet's part against the royalty of her father. Draw, you rogue, or I'll so carbonado your shanks. Draw, you rascal. Come your ways. (laughs) (laughs) And who might Vanity the Puppet be? That would be Goneril. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's comparing her to, that was a standardized part in some of the morality plays mm-hmm. that were very popular back in the day. And carbonado is barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> because the meat was slashed before it was cooked so that there was more surface area. I'll, so I'll, 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 I'll slice up your slice thighs. Slice up your meat. You, <laughs> yeah. And come your ways just means get on with it. Let's go. Let's go. Help, ho! Murder! Help! He's <laughs> like, oh my god, this, he means This it. dude's gonna kill me! <laughs> dude's insane! Strike, you slaves! Stand, rogue! Stand, you neat slave! Strike! Like, just give me something. One blow and you're done for. And neat is not only fastidious, but it's also um, a calf. So he's like, calf-like, you cowardly fuck. Little, little, little baby. <laughs> yeah. Kill little baby. Help, ho! Murder! Murder! Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm because not fighting he's not with you. Fighting you? No way, you crazy person. <laughs> and in comes Edmund, 
I'm Edgar. You have to be Ed. Oh, okay. How now? What's the matter? Parts! And Kent. Ooh, he talks to Edmund like this. With you, Goodman boy, if you please. Come, I'll flesh you. Come on, young master. <laughs> so he turns his anger on Edmund. He's like, Goodman, first of all, meant uh, lower status than me, mm-hmm. which he's a servant and a bastard. Yeah, technically, yeah, could be. But he's definitely lower status than Kent proper, right? But, 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 right, but, right, but, right, but, but, but Kent is not Kent right now, but Kent right. is, but Kent, Kent is, is reacting himself. Like, yeah, he's reacting like Kent. And yeah. further, if you were, you wanted to enrage Edmund, call him boy. Call him boy. You just try it. Call him just bastard, right? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. You are triggering his triggers. <laughs> <laughs> so then here comes Gloucester Cornwall Regan all running in. And Gloucester, weapons, arms, what's the matter here? Cornwall, keep peace upon your lives. He dies that strikes again. What is the matter? Regan, the messengers from our sister and the king. What is your difference? Speak. Why are you fighting? Oh, I'm, a- I'm Oswald. I am scarce in breath, my lord. No marvel, you have so bestirred your valor, you cowardly rascal. Nature disclaims in thee. A tailor made thee. A tailor made thee. So, bestirred your valor. You've just mustered up every bit of your valor just to scream murder. (laughs) Yeah. And we've got the theme word, nature. Nature disclaims in thee. That means even nature will have nothing to do with you. She's like... I don't, I didn't make this creature. And then he said, a tailor made thee. And Cornwall's like, what? Why? Right. So Cornwall, thou art a strange fellow. A tailor make a man? A tailor, sir. A stone cutter or a painter could not have made him so ill, though they had been but two years in the trade. (laughs) He's like, nope. Definitely wasn't a real master of anything. (laughs) Even if they were brand new at their work, they couldn't have made somebody so bad. And Cornwall... Speak yet. How grew your quarrel? So he's saying, say more. Yeah. Uh, Oswald. This ancient ruffian, sir, whose life I have spared at suit of his gray beard. Now, horse unzed, thou unnecessary letter. My lord, if you will give me leave, I will tread this unbolted villain into mortar and daub the wall of a jakes with him. Spare my gray beard, you wagtail. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell I love this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read it so many yeah. times, right? So, ancient ruffian. So he's calling Kent old. old. Ru- ruffian is a is someone who stirs up trouble. Yeah. Uh, whose life I have spared, which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> at because he's because he's got a gray beard because he's so old. Right. And I've Kent's had, like, Fuck. I've had pity on him You're because right. he's old. Right. Kent's like, oh no, 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 no you no, fucking no. didn't. And Zed, I love this. Zed is like an unnecessary. Le- he says he describes it unnecessary letter Z because. They most often pronounce Z as S. So right. it's like, why do you have two letters that sound the same? doesn't matter. <laughs> and then uh, I will tread this unbolted villain. I will stomp this. Unbolted is unsifted, so it's flour with a lot of lumps in it, um, into mortar. So I'll make him into some kind of... Like cement Cement. And I will daub as plaster the walls of a Jake, an outhouse. <laughs> I will use him to stop up the holes in an outhouse so the smell can't get out. So he'll be left with the smell. <laughs> you wagtail, you primping bird, you. <laughs> and Cornwall, peace, sirrah. Oopsie. <laughs> peace, sirrah. You beastly knave. Know you no reverence? 
Yes, sir, but anger hath a privilege. Why art thou angry? That such a slave as this should wear a sword, who wears no honesty. Such smiling rogues as these, like rats, oft bite the holy cords atwain, which are too entrenched unloose, smooth every passion, that in the natures of their lords rebel. All right, wait, wait let's stop, because yeah. we got a lot in yeah, there. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> bite off, bite so, the holy cords of twain. <laughs> yeah. So he's angry that this guy should be able to wear a sword, because a sword is a privilege, right. actually, because he doesn't wear honesty. He should have, he should be an honest person first. Um, so this bite the holy cords of twain might be a reference to the Gordian knot. You know what the Gordian knot is? Was this huge tangle this enormous ball of twine that was all wrapped up in a in a huge huge knot enormous it was like three feet across and it was one of these conundrums that everybody was like how do we gracefully untangle this thing and alexander the great came along got his sword and just hacked the thing in two hmm. and he was like fuck this why are we spending our time our lives doing this thing but it's also sort of a lazy solution to a very intricate problem hmm. So he's saying this guy's this lazy. guy is lazy fuck, and he would rather just take the easy way out. Too intrinsic to to, to, to loose, yeah. yeah. Too intrinsically um, wrapped together, yeah, wrapped together, yeah. To make them loose, yeah, yeah. Smooth every passion. So now he's going to talk about the kind of servant that Oswald is. He's the kind who would humor smooth every passion, every whim of his master. Just allow that master to be who they are and just keep supporting them, even if they're terrible. So, yes, men. Yeah. That in the natures of their lords rebelled. So every, like, nature, we've got the thing again. Every whim that, that pops up because of these, you know, their own uh, basic human nature, this master, he's going to go ahead and, and give fire to it, extend it, and support it. You're right, sir. You're right, yes, sir. Yes, yes. Oil to fire. So he's just going to, like, add fuel to those ter terrible qualities of the person. And he's talking directly, really, about Oswald and Goneril. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and how Oswald is the servant who will speak in the voice of Goneril. And that's not a good thing. Snow to the colder moon. So, he, you know, they're feeling cold and angry. He will add snow. He'll be... Yeah, yeah. You're right, yes, you're yes, right, yes. you're right. Revenge, affirm, and turn their halcyon beaks with every gall and vary of their masters, knowing not like dogs, but following. Interesting. So a halcyon was apparently a fabled bird that was able to calm the sea. And that's where we get the birds on the weather vanes. Oh! Huh. Yeah, even though the birds on the weather vanes are now roosters, yeah. but it, it used to be a halcyon whatever this fabled bird is. I want one for my house. Kind of cool. I want a halcyon. Yeah. And with every gall and vary is like with every uh, bitterness, with every little in irritation, with every variable that their masters go through. But in the quarto, it actually says gale and vary, which is an extension of that halcyon, halcyon. idea. Yeah. Um, knowing not like dogs by fault, but they just, so they just do whatever their master needs them to do, and they don't have their own fucking ideas and personality. Mm -hmm. Great. And then he turns to Oswald, and he sees Oswald smiling because, probably because it's like, Kent, you're digging your fucking grave, man. <laughs> you're not, you don't, you're not reading the room. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, a plague upon your epileptic visage. Smile you my speeches as I were a fool. Goose, if I had you upon Sarum Plain, I'd drive ye cackling home to Camelot. 
It's great yeah, curses. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he's bringing up all these interesting, obscure references. So you can tell he's incredibly smart. And he's forgotten that he's supposed to be a lowly servant. Yeah. yeah. Because he's acting Kent here. Yeah. So a plague upon plague, a great buzzword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May you die. Epileptic visage, pale and contorted. So the smile not looking natural on you. It's ugly. Um, are you smiling at me as if I was an idiot? And then Goose, you're the idiot, right? G- silly geese. But Sarum Plain is near Winchester, and a Winchester goose was a whore. <laughs> goose, you if I had whore. you, ha- yeah. had you, if I were if fucking I you, you, we're I good were fucking you, I'd make you scream all the way back to Camelot, you <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and Cornwall, <laughs> Cornwall is like, what the fuck, what? Yeah. Art thou mad, old fellow? Yeah, and for Cornwall to say that, yeah, right, is a lot. That's a lot. Right, yeah. he's like, you are going <laughs> way too far, and that's coming from me. Yeah, and Gloucester's like, let's bring it back to the, uh, you know, the issue. Gloucester, how fell you out? Say that. No contraries hold more antipathy than I and such a knave. No. So no two people could be more unlike than me and this guy. And Cornwall. Why dost thou call him knave? What is his fault? Yeah, so Cornwall and Kent here start to share lines. Um, he cuts him off there. Why dost thou call, you know, like, bring it back to that. Tell me why. And then Kent also cuts Cornwall off. His countenance likes me not. No more perchance does mine, nor his, nor hers. Right, so his countenance is face. I don't like his face. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Kent seals his doom. <laughs> Remember, he's in the guise of a servant, and this is Cornwall's. No, no, it's Gloucester's. It's Gloucester's palace. palace. Gloucester, Gloucester is, is beholden to Cornwall. Cornwall. Yeah. By the way, I remembered, and I wanted to tell you guys this: is that I mistakenly, I'm sorry, said that Gloucester was a duke. He's not a duke. He's an earl. Earl of Gloucester. So right, he's I a little that. bit lower than than Cornwall. Cornwall is a duke. Earl's, so he is Earl's. less dukey. Yes, he's less dukey for sure. <laughs> so, Earl of Gloucester is beholden to the Duke of Cornwall. And this right here, when we were talking before about flowery speech versus plain speech and how people in power like to have smoke blown up their asses. Yeah. Here we go. He is not doing that. <laughs> and so Kent says, Sir, tis my occupation to be plain. I have seen better faces in my time than stands on any shoulder that I see before me at this instant. This is some... Um, fellow who having been praised for bluntness doth affect a saucy roughness and constrains the garb quite from his nature i'm gonna stop there yeah. <laughs> so what did you just say what did i just say you Kent? said i've seen better play better faces than anybody standing in, in this front room. of me <laughs> oh and he's got cornwall regan gloucester and oswald in the and, and edmund, edmund. and oh. right yeah he's pretty much got a collection of the pretty nastiest characters right in this play well, and here's the funny thing he means cordelia and lear yes that's who he's talking about of course yeah if you want to get to specifics but it doesn't matter he's like i've seen they don't know that that's who he's plenty talking of about other better faces than any of the ones <laughs> in this room any of them i mean i i'm i don't think that much of you guys at all yeah ah! and in fact he's putting gloucester in there and he really doesn't have well, I guess the way that he's treated Edmund in the very first scene, he knows that Gloucester's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. 
And then Cornwall cuts him off again. He's like, get a load of this fucking guy. <laughs> he's, right? he's dressed like a, nat- a nature. He's dressed like a servant and he's fucking forgotten his place. Yeah, constrains the garb. Yeah, there's a great double meaning there, right? He's, he's uh, be- belying his dress, mm-hmm. but he's also forcing the fashion of plain speaking. He's like trying to... Get, tell us all that plain speaking is a good thing, and it's not. It's not looking like a good saucy thing. roughness. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he cannot flatter he, an honest mind and plain. He must speak truth, and they will take it. So, if not, he's plain. These kind of names I know, which in this plainness harbor more craft and more corrupter ends than twenty silly ducking observants that stretch their duties nicely. Ooh, there's a lot there too. Yeah. <laughs> so he cannot flatter. Oh, he just doesn't know how to flatter. Yeah. He just doesn't know how. And so if people don't like his fucking bluntness and they will not take it so, then he's plain. If not, he's if and they will not take it so. Like, too bad for them. Mm-hmm. Fuck them if they don't like his plainness, his bluntness. He'll just say that I'm speaking truth. What are you going to do about it? And he says, Cornwall says that these kind of people harbor, and that's a great word that we use for like harboring fugitives, right? Mm-hmm. So they're concealing corrupter ends, corrupter purposes. So they have a deviousness about their truth. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then 20 silly, then 20 Oswalds, silly ducking observants. So bowing, you know, silly servants like that. And that stretch their duties nicely. I I didn't even get this when I was working, but stretch their duties is like bend over and take it in the ass, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Cornwall just flipped Oswald and Kent. He just made Kent the stupid one and Oswald the right one, Mm -hmm. the correct one. And so Kent, oh, he cannot be quiet. He cannot. Sir, in good faith and sincere verity, under the allowance of your great aspect, whose influence like the wreath of radiant fire on flickering Phoebus's front... What means by this? To go out of my dialect, which you discommend so much. <laughs> so he starts sucking up. Ken's like, oh, yes. fuck, I'm supposed to be a servant. Right, well, right, 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 right. he's mockingly fucking up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Phoebus' front is like, you're so amazing, like the sun. Uh, yeah. Flickering Phoebus' yeah. front. There's some great F words yeah. there. Yeah. You want me to fucking talk like a suck-up servant? Here you go. And and Cornwall is like, what is this now? And he's like, oh, I, I'm speaking like you want me to, instead of like the way that you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is in prose, to go out of my dialect, which you discommend so much. He's now, so he spoke that previous bit in verse. Mm-hmm. Like, I can speak like you want me to and blow smoke up your ass if you want, but it don't matter. This is who I am. I know, sir, I am no flatterer. He that beguiled you in a plain accent was a plain knave, which for my part I will not be, though I should win your displeasure to entreat me to it. So he that beguiled you in plain accent was plain knave. He means Oswald. Oswald. He's, he that's talking as you expect him to. With the fancy, fancy speak, he's the liar. Mm-hmm. And I will not be that. Mm-hmm. And Cornwall to Oswald. What was the offense you gave him? Oswald. 
I never gave him any. It pleased the king, his master, very late to strike at me upon his misconstruction when he, compact and flattering his displeasure, tripped me behind, being down, insulted, railed, and put upon him such a deal of man that worthied him, got praises of the king for him attempting who was self-subdued, and in the fleshment of this dread exploit, drew on me here again. Yeah. <laughs> Oswald's attempt at making a really exciting speech also. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I didn't say anything to him. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and then he describes the incident before where Kent tripped him up. So Tripped him and threatened him. Yeah. Very late means recently. Uh, the king struck me recently mm-hmm. upon a misconstrued. He misunderstood me mm-hmm. when I said, my lady's father. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I didn't mean anything by that. I was just speaking truth. <laughs> yeah. And so then when he compact and flattering. So when Kent, compact meaning, you know, glued in there with Lear in his craziness. So he's doing, he's saying that Kent was doing exactly what he, what he's he describing servants doing. Tripped me, and then he yelled at me while I was down, and such a deal of man, such a big show of manhood. <laughs> he was pretending to be such a big man that worthied him, that brought him favor for attempting him, attacking the person who was self-subdued. I was meek. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and in the fleshment, that's an interesting word, um, it means the desire to repeat the process. So he wanted, so he was all excited to do it again to me. Mm-hmm. We've got this great idea though, fleshment, like his flesh was standing up. He had a big fucking boner to come after me again, right? But it also comes from a hunting term where they would give the dogs a piece of the meat of the animal that they were supposed to be tracking. So Barbaric. Yeah. Mm. And then Kent's side comment here. None of these rogues and cowards, but Ajax is their fool. So these cowards like Oswald boast as if they were so courageous, they're more courageous than Ajax, who was a famous Greek hero. And Cornwall, fetch forth the stocks, you stubborn ancient knave. We'll teach you. Okay, what are the stocks? The things that you put people in, the, the, the like there yeah. are ha- holes for head and hands and they yep. put you out in public and it's it's humiliating and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. These ones in particular, we'll find out later when the fool talks about them, are the ones that you put your feet in. Oh, right. I knew that. Yeah. Yes. But there are different kinds. Yeah. There's heads and hands and yeah, people can throw cabbage at you and stuff and you can't defend yourself. Um, you can't really move and get comfortable. Yeah. You stubborn ancient name. But notice the F words, right? Fuck me. And also, right. think about that. With feet in stocks, you have nothing to lean against. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting. You sit up. Oh. Or lie flat on the ground. Or lie flat. Well, that would be yeah. more comfortable. Yes, yeah. But then people can really beat you with cabbage. Yeah. yeah. Which people do because, you know, talk about kick them when they're down. Here's a guy who cannot defend himself, and I'm going to go and fucking have at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he said, we'll teach you in Kent. Sir, I am too old to learn. Call not your stocks for me. I serve the king, on whose employment I was sent to you. You shall do small respects. Show too bold malice against the grace and person of my master, stalking his messenger. Okay, so I, you're supposed to be treating me like I 
am a person of the king. Yeah. Yeah. An extension of the king. Yeah. And you will show small respect. You're going to, he's going to have out, have it out with you if you do this. But he you isn't cannot really the do king this. anymore. So right. there's that too. Yeah. He's not the king. Although Lear could talk like this. Lear could absolutely talk no, like this. No, I know. Right. But he's, Lear thinks he's the king. Oh, yes. But right. he's not oh, the Lear's king. not the king. Yeah. Hey, not the king. Right. I thought you meant in terms of Kent speaking like him. <laughs> he could definitely speak like oh, this. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, right, no. Yeah. My, my point is, you know, Kent is acting as if Lear is still the king. Yeah. Lear has de-kinged himself, and yep. so he is no longer the king. Nope. So it's an interesting conundrum because there is no motherfucking king. Yeah. There's no one. And Cornwall. And, uh, yeah, and, and Kent has half a line, and Cornwall shuts him down. Fetch forth the stocks yeah it's like shut the fuck up (laughs) as i have life and honor there shall he sit till noon regan till noon till night my lord and all night too why madam if i were your father's dog you should not use me so sir being his knave i will this is a fellow of the self-same color our sister speaks of Come, break away the stocks. Yeah. So this guy is obviously one just like those guys that are those those that knights Goneril who was warning us. About. Yeah. Those yeah. knights who mm-hmm. wrecked her household. Yeah. And if you wanted proof of Goneril's opinion, this is it. Right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he's gonna. Cornwall has sentenced him to sit until noon. And Regan's it's, like it's almost dawn, and yeah. Regan's like Regan's like, oh no, I think a lot longer than that. <laughs> All day. And Gloucester chimes in because he's like, um, no, this is not good. You cannot do this. Let me beseech your grace not to do so. The king, his master, needs must take it ill that he, so slightly valued in his messenger, should have him thus restrained. I'll answer that. In other words, let me handle it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Cornwall. I, I got it. Right. And yeah, so here again is the emphasis that, you know, you have to treat this person just like you would treat the person who sent them. Right, but it doesn't matter because the king has no power now. Yeah, and that's but even what... so, he's respected. You know, is he though? Well, he should be. He that's what he yes. thought was going to yes. happen. But mm-hmm. look, I mean, Cornwall and Regan—they yeah. didn't respect him when he was king. Yeah, but now he's not king anymore. What do they got to lose? Got, What's he going to do? Don't give two shits. <laughs> What's he going to do to us? And that's why he says, "Don't worry about it. I got it." Yeah. <laughs> I got it. And then Regan, you know, tells you exactly who is boss, actually. My sister may receive it much worse to have her gentleman abused, assaulted. Cornwall, come, my lord, away. Yep, and they're done. Yeah. Like, nope. Out. We put them in the stocks. We're good. We're good. We're gone. And Gloucester stays behind just to talk to Kent. I am sorry for thee, friend. Tis the Duke's pleasure whose disposition all the world well knows, will not be rubbed nor stopped. I'll entreat for thee. (laughs) So the whole world knows what Cornwall's like. Will not be rubbed. Will not be rubbed. We don't want, don't, don't touch my dick. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, he probably, but not for favors anyway. No. No. Touch my dick when I tell you to, but not to to try and get something out of me. Because once my mind is made up, it's done. (laughs) Yeah, rubbed is actually just irritated or aggravated, but there is that secondary meaning there. Well, we are always looking for dick. (laughs) Yep. So Kent is like, no, please don't go out on a limb for me. 
Pray do not, sir. I have watched and traveled hard. Sometime I shall sleep out the rest I'll whistle. A good man's fortune may grow out at heels. Give you good morrow. In Gloucester. Wait, 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 wait. So he says, don't worry about it. Don't do it. I've, you know, I've been awake a long time. I'm just going to sleep part of the time. And the rest of the time, I'll just whistle to myself. But a good man's fortune may grow out at heels. Yeah, so he might fall. Even a good man could fall on hard times. So, you know, it's all right. This is this was my lot. I'm a good man, but I've fallen on hard times. But it's also kind of a pun, you know, his his socks it might have big holes in them, you know, and then they're sticking out through the Yeah, so it's kind of funny a pun about the stocks themselves, actually. Hmm. And then Gloucester, one last observation before he leaves. The Duke's to blame in this twill be ill taken. People aren't gonna like it. And Kent is alone. Good king that must approve the common saw, thou out of heaven's benediction comest to the warm sun. It's a weird proverb. A saw is a proverb, a common saying, that out of heaven's benediction, out from under the comforting shade, so the protection of whatever, trees and stuff, you have to come out into the hot sun. So you are going from the frying pan into the fire, basically, kind of thing. And then he calls out, and it's either to the moon or the sun, you can decide. Approach thou beacon to this underglobe, the underglobe being the earth. So beacon is some kind of light source above the earth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it could be the moon, depending on your staging and if it's nighttime, and how long you want Kent to sit in the stocks. Or it could be almost dawn and he's asking for the sun to come up. Approach thou beacon to this underglobe, that by thy comfortable beams I may peruse this letter. Nothing almost sees miracles but misery. So there's nothing like misery to make you see any little thing as a miracle. Hmm. So I, I have this wonderful letter from Cordelia, and it's going to be some kind of miracle. I know tis from Cordelia who hath most fortunately been informed of my obscured course, and shall find time from this enormous state seeking to give losses their remedies. She's going to bring a solution. Mm-hmm. My obscured course is my disguised place by the king. She, she's been informed. She knows about it. All weary and o'erwatched, take vantage, heavy eyes, not to behold this shameful lodging. Fortune, good night. Smile once more. Turn thy wheel. Shameful lodging being the stocks. Yeah. So he's like, I'm tired. Take advantage, right? I might as well close my eyes and have a little bit of sleep. And then fortune, please, please turn turn the wheel, right? So that we're not on the bottom anymore. We, we with the king's retinue. We people sticking by the king. All right. In some editions... This next scene is actually part of the scene that we just read, but in some editions it's written as Act 2, Scene 3, and it's Edgar alone. And the reason that it's... It, so if if Kent can't leave the stage, then traditionally that would mean it's a continuation of the previous scene Correct, because yeah. he's still on the stage. Yep. So that's why you could list it as just one scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and so here comes Edgar. And he's like, I've been running. I heard myself proclaimed, 
and by the happy hollow of a tree escaped the hunt. No port is free, no place that guard and most unusual vigilance does not attend my taking. Whiles I may escape, I will preserve myself, and am bethought to take the basest and most poorest shape that every penury in contempt of man brought near to beast. Now let's go that way. So proclaimed. And I've been, uh, uh, they put up like wanted posters. Yeah, people have been calling in the streets, if you see this man. Like he's been called a a criminal. A fugitive. And everybody should be looking Mm -hmm. for him. And so by the happy hollow of a tree, he hid in a little hole in a tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Escaped. Probably up a tree. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So no port, he can't go. So he realizes he can't go. He can't right. He country. can't get. He can't can't get on a ship. Yeah. There's no place to hide. Everybody. Everybody's looking for my him. taking. Everybody's looking for me. Looking out to capture me. There's probably a reward. Oh, big, yeah. Yeah. Because the duke mm-hmm. is in charge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have to. I have to save myself. And I am. And am be thought. So I just had this idea. I just have it in mind to. Take the basest and most poorest shape, so I'm going to make myself as small and inconspicuous and unnoticeable. And disguise, right? So we have Kent in disguise now, mm-hmm. and now we're going to have Edgar in disguise. So here comes another sort of mini theme of the play. People in disguise being able to shift the action in mm-hmm. different ways. Uh, that every Because I think Kent, although... He, you know, he was rash and a little wild. His action here is going to make Lear really understand who these, who Cornwall and Regan are. Hmm. Because they're angry now. And then they treated his messenger like this. That's not okay. Right. So Lear is going to be forced to see this. So here's Edgar going to take a disguise and we'll see what his disguise, what kind of and change his disguise. Basest and most poorest shape that every penury in contempt of man brought near to beast. So every um, penury is poverty. Po- yeah. Um, brought people down so that they're in, um, level with animals as opposed yeah. to being men. As opposed to being humans, yeah. My face I'll grime with filth. Blanket my loins of all my hairs in knots. <laughs> We've talked about the elves that come and make knots at yeah. night, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just if you're just joining us now, yes. Um, there was, there still is, in some cultures, a a, a a myth that the reason you woke up with knots in your Bed hair, hair. Yeah. <laughs> was because the elves came and twisted your hair at yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, made you little dreadlocks, little so, tangle. <laughs> elf, all my hairs in knots, and with presented nakedness out. Face the winds and persecutions of the sky. Yep. So. Presented, open, I'm going to be naked. Yeah. And out face. Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I will dare, you know, go ahead, come at me. Right? <laughs> <Everything>. <laughs> the winds and persecutions of the sky. The country gives me proof and precedent of bedlam beggars who, with roaring voices, strike in their numbed and mortified arms, pins, wooden pricks, nails, sprigs of rosemary, and with this horrible object from low farms, poor pelting villages, sheep coats, and mills. This is a lot. Let's stop. Yeah. (laughs) So bedlam, there we go. There we go. So I'm going to make myself dirty 
and my hair is going to be knotted and I'm going to be naked and I'm going to challenge the sky. And, the, you know, I've seen how people treat bedlam beggars. Yeah, there's precedent, right? Yeah. So I've I seen. know. And I've seen them. And so roaring voice, they go screaming around. Yeah. And they, and they. And this is kind of horrible. Yeah. They strike. They're trying to feel something and they're pricking themselves with things to, to feel and something. And, yeah. They stick themselves with these things so they're bleeding. Yeah. And so with this horrible, this horrendous appearance mm-hmm. of this bloody, screaming, dirty, you know, ratted, tangling, haired person. And then they are kept from low farms, poor pelting villages. Like even people who are. Oh, no, no. They are going to take, uh, enforce their charity from them. And with this charity. horrible. So they go. Wait, wait, let's go back. Go, yep. And with this horrible object. From low farms, I'm going to enforce their charity, right? So that's the end of the thought. It's like I I can get things from, from people, people because who... I'm like, I just okay. got out of bedlam. You have to give me something. Okay. Uh, from low farms, poor pelting villages, sheep coats and mills, sometimes with lunatic bands, sometimes with prayers, enforce their charity. Yeah. So they make them, he's going to bully them into giving. That's That's how these... People are perceived as like they they have this whole appearance and then they charge up to good citizens, you know. No, it in still their, happens in right? their farms and in their in their villages and in their mills and and enforce them to. I'll give go them away something. if you give me money. Yeah, right. You give me some food. Right. Yeah. Please, please, I need food. Please. We know that. Yeah. We see that today. Yeah. Okay. Um, and bands is an interesting choice because proclaiming the bands. Yeah. Is actually um calling out. Uh, proclamations about two people who want to get married. Mm. Really interesting. But they're using it here as like a sense of cursing, you know, mm. screaming, lunatic bands. Uh, sometimes with prayer, so I might pray too. Mm-hmm. Be a religious lunatic. Yeah. Uh, enforce their charity. Poor Turley God. Poor Tom. That's something here. Edgar, I nothing am. So interesting. So he's sort of trying it on for a second there. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the merest hint because it's in quotes. It's him testing a line. Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Mm-hmm. Turley God, there's no definition for that anywhere. So it's just maybe a name that Shakespeare heard one of these people yell out mm-hmm. somewhere on the street. And poor Tom was definitely their chant, though. Poor Tom, poor Tom, and give me some money, hmm. you know, so that to the point that they got to be known as poor Tom. So, mm-hmm. oh, there goes a poor Tom, and he's like, "That's something that, that's something I could do." Yep, I can do that because I'm not Edgar. I am no longer Edgar. And we have the word nothing. Mm-hmm. There we'll go. Ending, ending, ending. I am nothing. nothing. Am I nothing? Am yeah. I am no thing. <laughs> no human. Yeah. No thing. I've got no potency. Mm-hmm. No power. Yep. I've given it up. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Okay. Fun. 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 So we left left one of our so-called heroes in the stocks. One of them off to ravage his poor body and stick pins in his arms so he's bleeding yikes hmm. yummy 
Mm. Delicious. Delicious. Okay. And we and we have our next TikTok. Yeah. We can share. We can yeah. break it up. And Yep, that yeah. would be very fun. So uh check out TikTok in the next couple of weeks and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. All right. I'm Aaron. And I'm Diana. And this and this was Fuck you, Nave, Rascal, Pander, Beggar, etc. Horse on Horse on Colleen Lee, Barbara Monger. That. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bye. For additional fun shit from Fuck Shakespeare, you can head to our website at fckshakespeare.com. Or find us on Instagram at fckshakespeare. If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends. <laughs>